Hello and welcome back to the Eyes Up Life podcast. Somehow we have reached the end of June. And to close out the sixth month of this year, we have Dustin Jones joining us today. Before we get into Dustin and what he's all about, I want to welcome you or welcome you back to the Eyes Up Life podcast. If you're new to the show, Eyes Up started as a 7,000-mile bike ride that I did by myself around the United States to raise awareness for distracted driving. I completed this ride just under a year ago in September of 2022, and since then have been working nonstop to spread this message of why it's so important to end distracted driving. And in the fall, I interviewed 21 athletes and affiliates of Maxxis Tires, great tire company, and talked to them about their careers, talked to them about phones, both in the car and out, and what their thoughts are on social media and all of that to get their thoughts and opinions because they all have their own perspectives, experiences, and thoughts. And Dustin Jones, who's with us here today, has some really cool thoughts on where we are at as a society with phones, hard work, social media, and I think you'll really enjoy what he had to say. And as a UTV racer, which maybe you have no idea what that means, I had no idea, he is going to share some uh, information on what it is because I wanted to hear from the source what the heck his career is and how how he's able to make a living for himself by driving around in, in his words, a golf cart on steroids. So tune in, buckle up, relax, do what you got to do, enjoy this conversation with Dustin Jones, and we'll talk to you at the end. Thank you. My name is Dustin Jones. I was born and raised in the swamps of Louisiana, and I'm a pro UTV racer and a factory Maxxis racer. Can you explain for the dum-dums like me what a UTV racer is and what exactly all that means? You know, being a UTV racer is basically racing golf carts on steroids. And so it's four wheels, a steering wheel, two seats, roll cage, and uh, it's myself and my co-driver, uh, and we race off-road races in the desert, long distance, anywhere from three to 10 hour races. Some of our accolades include uh, winning the Mint 400 three times. We've raced the Baja 1000 twice. We raced the, we've raced the Baja 500 twice. And so uh, kind of all the biggest off-road races in the United States and Mexico, we've done in a side-by-side. -side. And uh, our side-by-side -side of choice is the K&M uh, X3. So is a side-by-side -side something like what's behind you? Uh, yeah, side-by-side -side is gonna be just like the vehicle behind me. So this is a new Can-Am Maverick X3. This is actually the exact vehicle that we start with when we're building uh, my personal race car. So it'll be myself and my co-driver in a vehicle like that built right here at S3 Power Sports for us to blast the desert in. So I got to see some of the inner workings of the shop here. What sorts of changes and modifications do you make to the vehicles to make them great for winning races like you do? You know, the good thing about uh, being a pro racer for me is right here at S3 Power Sports, our shop here in Louisiana, we build all the suspensions, the roll cages, we do all the wiring, all the fabrication work. So we literally do everything turnkey right here in house. 
And so it rolls in as a, an all-factory UTV, and when it rolls out, it's ready to race Baja 1000, 500, the minute it's whatever you want, king of the hammers, all the big races. We build chassis right here in-house for that type of racing, and obviously we build my personal race cars. Dustin, can you tell me about your childhood and how you, I mean, you grew up in this area and how you got involved in this world and what makes it exciting to you? You know, I'm just kind of a dumb old country boy that grew up here in Louisiana, you know, about 20 or 30 miles from here, way out in the country on a farm. I was homeschooled all the way until high school. And so it was really just myself, my older brother and my little sister that I had to play with. We didn't grow up with very much money, so we didn't have cool vehicles and cool race cars. I didn't grow up around racing. I grew up with a dad that taught me a skill of working on stuff, how to be mechanically sound, how to fix vehicles that were broken. And so throughout my life, I didn't realize I was building up to an opportunity like this to when we opened S3 Power Sports. So I spent my whole life, you know, riding junk ATVs and fixing old crappy dirt bikes and stuff like that, just so I had something to ride around the farm. Well, fast forward to 2011, you know, I got an opportunity to open S3 Power Sports with Mr. Mal and Miss Linda Sneed. And so with that opportunity, came the chance for me to utilize those mechanical skills that my dad had taught me as a child. And so we went straight into, I was the original and only employee. I was fixing the vehicles, invoicing customers, setting up dealer apps, like doing everything to get this little business going and off the ground. And so, you know, as that things evolved, so did, so did our capabilities. So did, so did, you know, the, the number of employees that we had. And, and, you know, just a few years down the road, and just a few years down the road came the opportunity for us to start a race team. And, uh, and that's where S3 Racing was born. How does it feel to come from the background that you just described and to build this, I don't, I don't know how you call it, but like the racing, it's not an empire, but you're getting there, you <laughs> yeah, know, sure, to, build, sure. to come to a really successful point where you are in your career and to know that you really created it yourself. You know, it's such a unique thing starting with where I came from, from what I consider very humble beginnings and, and getting to what I consider my lifelong dream of being a professional racer, getting R&D, new vehicles, new products and things like that. And so um, it was a long process, a long, slow process that was really incrementally built. And so for me, it's just that hustle and we're in here grinding and we're getting a little more and a few more employees and a little more capability. But when you step back and you objectively look at what I started at, at as a child, how S3 started, and then the empire that we built now in off-road, it, it's very, uh, it kind of takes you back, man. It's hard to kind of take in all the aspects of S3 power sports, S3 racing, and S3 media. So for me, I'm just living my dream, man. Every day I wake up, I do what I love, and I get to live my dream. But when you look at it from the outside, it's come a long way from where, uh, from where I started. Any advice that you'd give to people who are younger, young people trying to figure out what they want to do with their life and, you know, any encouragement or advice that you could give them to get them to pursue their dreams and get to where, a point where, where you are now? Yeah. Uh, realistically, if there's, there's anything that I can impress on anybody, and it's something that I learned very young working on the farm, is there's no replacement for work ethic. Anything that you want to accomplish, anything that's a goal or a dream, 
should be set so high that it's more work than most people would do to get there. So I'll tell you from experience, building a place like this, it took a tremendous amount of sacrifice in my personal life, in my family life, and in business to, to get to where we are now. And so anybody pursuing a dream or they, they want to get out there and they want to get in this industry or they want to start a music career, there's no replacement for hard work. And, and there's no way to achieve great things and things that other people aren't achieving besides hard work and outworking what everybody else is doing. And for me, that's what got me to where we are today. I was willing to work harder. I wasn't smarter. I wasn't better looking. I wasn't more creative than anyone. It's I was willing to outwork everyone to get here in racing, in power sports, in product development, in vehicle testing. I was willing to outwork everyone to get what I wanted because that's all I knew as a young child. It was not, I didn't get anything bought for me. I didn't get anything given to me. I had to work for everything that I had. So what I knew I had to offer was hard work. And so that's how I've accomplished uh, everything. And for, for me, there's no replacement for that. To get to where you want to be, it requires hard work and sacrifice like nobody else is doing. Kind of pivoting here, what role does, you know, I started following you a few weeks ago before I started this trip on Instagram. Um, so I've been kind of seeing what your daily activity is like. Tell me about what, what role social media plays in your everyday life from both a professional and a personal standpoint. Social media has become a big part of everyone's life. It's where you, you, you ingest information, you get news, you get entertained, all of those things. And so social media really has its place in this world in respect of not taking up your personal life and your personal time. But in your personal life, there's no replacement for that, that interaction with human. Like I, that's what I enjoy when we go to the races and signing autographs and meeting people and just building relationships. But social media is such a great tool to let people know what you're doing from day to day, to, to let people know the new products that we're developing here in S3 Power Sports. So for me, it's a tool to not be the coolest thing that nobody knows about. It's, to, it's a platform to let people know, what are you doing? Where are you gonna be? Where can we meet you? Where can we hang out? And what new stuff is coming out for S3 Power Sports? And so I'd utilize that to, to see trends that are going on and to come up with cool ideas, but also to get our name out there and my personal brand and the S3 Power Sports brand out there. It's such a great tool and it's free to everyone. So you can be a consumer and you can be a producer. And for us and for myself personally, social media is for production, for producing content for people to follow along, see all the wild and crazy stuff that we're doing out there and all the new stuff that we're coming out with. So, it's part of my livelihood. It's part of how I put food on my table is utilizing social media to its full potential, you know? And, um, and yeah, you don't want to be the coolest thing that nobody knows about. You want people to know what you got going on and see what, and see what's going on uh, with our shop and with our builds and all that stuff. So, and it's a great tool for sponsors. This is an opportunity for you to plug your sponsors and show people what tires do I run? What shocks do I run? What lights do I run on my vehicle? Because it's uh, that old adage, win on Sunday and sell on Monday, man. If you're out there setting trends, winning huge races, out doing stuff that, that people would love to be doing, they're going to follow along. And if in some capacity they can run your parts or get what you got, that's, that's like being a part of what you have going on. And so that's exciting for people, you know. It's an amazing tool and it's so easy 
I think especially for young people to be totally swept up in it. And there, there's a statistic that says that the average American will spend five years of their life on social media. So I'm curious your thoughts on that statistic and also just the, the importance of balance with using it as a tool, but also staying focused on what you were talking about, being present in person with, with the people that you love. Yeah. The difficult uh, part about new times is finding that balance with social media because you have so many platforms, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and, and so many other platforms that you literally uh, could go from one app to the next to the next and spend an entire day. And what's crazy is, is what we've discussed. People have spent up to five years of their total life just on social media, which seems insane coming from a child that didn't have social media, that didn't have video games, that didn't spend any time with electronics, you know? And it's changed so much where people are losing that balance. They're losing that, that idea of, yeah, social media is a cool thing. You can go check out what's going on with your friends and what people are doing wild and crazy, but you also have to have that personal interaction, man. And when you start getting consumed in that phone and you start keeping your head down and keeping your eyes down, you lose track of time, you lose track of focus of what you're doing. And it's, it just will literally consume your life and it's finding a good balance there of, it's a fun thing, it's a cool tool for us to utilize and for people to enjoy seeing what we have going on, but it can't consume your life. And it, it, it takes a conscious effort to realize like, hey, I need to look up for this phone. I need to get outside, I need to go do some fun things. I need to be a part of life and I need to interact with people. So you mentioned you didn't grow up with a phone. I didn't either until I was you know almost in college. What do you think about young people like seven or eight year olds getting phones like and the introduction of you know access to the entire internet for such a young developing mind it's a it's such a tough thing because i'm so old school and i come from a family where my dad was like you're not going to sit here and watch tv you're not going to sit here and hang out you're going to go out and play in the field and you're going to go ride and hang out and have fun build a fort do something in the woods and now it's transitioned to a lot of times people give their kids these iPads and these iPhones so they don't, they don't have to entertain them or keep up with them. And it's such a dangerous thing, man. I know it frees up adult time for them to do tasks that they need to do, but you're losing that crazy uh, thing that I feel like children need to go through of uh, adversity, uh, accomplishing things, building a fort, things like that seem so simple, but man, it's such adversity and it's hard work and you get to enjoy the uh, benefits of the effort that you put in. And so th that's getting lost to where it's just instant gratification, you know, to where we're, we're losing that concept of hard work and we're losing that concept of you can get to your goal, but it's only by physical hard work and putting in some real effort. You know, how does a house get built? How does a shop like this get built? How do these custom vehicles get built? It's hard work and hands-on. There's no replacement for that. And so when you lose that aspect of uh, childhood and of growing up, you kind of lose that idea of the value of hard work and physical labor. And it falls into my personal satisfaction only comes from this entertainment that I can get on this electronic device. You know, That's where you see a lot of loss in trade schools and people that are really good fabricators like we have, really good mechanics like we have. Those guys are so valuable and a lot of people don't even recognize the value of those guys because they're so few and far between now. And you can 
drive a simulator and experience you know what you feel like an off-road vehicle is without ever getting in one of these cars but i'll tell you there's nothing like that actual physical experience of getting shook around in a car riding a bicycle on a downhill trail or like riding a dirt bike and hitting big jumps like there's no replacement for that feeling of actually getting that physical experience and it's starting to go away man it's getting fewer far between so people like me we're a dying breed people that are out there doing it that are out there living it and actually getting shook up we're a dying breed yeah what do you what do you think the the trajectory is going to be or is there is there a fix to the trend that uh that's been going on with younger people not doing exactly what you were saying you know building forts and getting that hands-on experience with all these things that really really influenced your career later on um yeah. how how do how do we shift this sort of culture that we're experiencing i've always heard there, there's this adage of you know tough tent i've always heard that there's this adage of tough men make easy times easy times make easy men Easy men make tough times. Tough times make tough men. And so right now, I'm the last of the breed of tough times that made tough men that are earning their way. Guys like me and the guys that I work around and my father, they're making it easier for the next generation. And so it's gotta go through a normal ebb and flow like we have in business, like we have in off-road racing. There's an ebb and flow to everything. And it's an ebb and flow to generations of right now, we're in an easy time where there's not a lot of people that have good trades. There's not a lot of people with good work experience. Things are gonna become very difficult and then that's gonna build hard men or tough men and that's gonna turn things around. So it's a cyclic thing that happens over generations. It's a cyclic thing that happens in business, in, in technology, you know? And it's, uh, it's on a swing of easy times now. We're having fun, we got a lot of social media. It's easy to experience all this stuff, but then you're gonna realize those people that are the producers versus the consumers are going away and people are fading into consumers. And so you're going to lose that production. Well, people will never want to lose that experience. And if they can't consume it here, they're going to have to get out there and consume it on their own. If they can't consume it here, they're going to have to get out there and produce it on their own. And so we're on that wavelength of the ebb and flow of like, everything's easy. It's all at your fingertips. That's all gonna go away when the producers start slowing down and everybody comes, becomes consumers, then it switches back. Huh. I've never actually heard that. And I think that's a pretty interesting perspective on where we are at as a society. Huh. And I truly believe that, man. Yeah. I've heard that. You said that was from your dad? Yeah. yeah, but I've heard that a few times that tough men make easy times. Easy times make easy men or soft men. Soft men makes hard times, hard times make tough men. And so we're kind of in the uh, easy the for sure. Yeah. My dad, and it's kind of my generation, we're the last tough people. And so now we're making it easy. My nephews that are 10 and 12 years old, like they've got it easy, man. They don't have to work on the farm like we did. My brother got a good job, got, is providing for his family, making it as easy as he can for him. Well, that whole next generation is gonna make it to where we're all the producers. There's not guys like me out there racing. They're just watching or driving a simulator. So you lose that. Right. So now people are like, man, I still want to have those experiences. If I can't watch it, I got to go do it myself. So now I got to learn how to build this off-road vehicle. I got to put this thing together so I can go do it because I can't find it anywhere, you know? And then it starts the cycle again. So are, do you, it sounds like you feel, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you feel confident that we are, you know, this is going to run its course, sort of this easy time and, 
you know, the, the distractions that we're seeing in the, the younger generation being consumed and everything's easy will kind of run its course and work its way out. I think uh, I, can, I can confidently say over the next few generations that type of ebb and flow is going to run its course to where we're in that easy time right now. It's going to come back around, man. People love experiences. The fortunate thing for a lot of people right now is the experiences are easily found on their phone. That's the fortunate part about what we do is people can go watch and see what we're doing. We make it easy, but that doesn't mean that easy experience on your phone or on your tablet or on your computer replaces that life experience. So when you can no longer see it on your phone or you no longer have the opportunity or it's not easily available to you, you're going to go out and get it somewhere. And so there's going to come a time where it spins back around and these people are going to say, you know what, this is, I've been doing this long enough. I've been looking at it on my phone long enough. I want to go do this. You know, it just so happens I'm one of those guys that are the doer. I'm out there doing it, and we're documenting it to let other people experience it. But our goal doc documenting that stuff is to bring people in to experience it with us, not to replace the experience by watching us. It's to give them the idea of, look at what they're doing. This looks amazing. I want to go do that. That's what the social media and that's what the phones are meant for, is to open people's eyes to the opportunities that are out there and then them go experience that, not to replace the experience itself, you know? Right. And something that phones are particularly not good at are just, well, they're very good at distracting us while we're in our cars. So you're a professional driver. Talk to me about phone distractions and distractions while you're driving generally and what your experience is. With off-road racing, I've got a unique opportunity to recognize the value of being fully focused. So when we're in our race car, I have to be 100% focused for anywhere from two to eight or 10 hours and a single distraction will end that day for me. That results in a flat tire, a corner getting torn off the car, a missed line where we blow a berm and wreck the car. There's dire consequences for us in a race car whenever you lose focus for a second. So it's an easy uh, transition to recognize that when I'm out on the road, when I'm driving, there's other people around me and we're driving a guided missile that one second of destruction can result in something dire for someone else, for, for myself as a driver, for other drivers that are in oncoming traffic or in the same, same directional traffic as me, or somebody that's broke down on the side of the road changing a tire on their car. And so it's a, it's a no-brainer for me to understand the value of being fully focused all the time when I'm behind the driver's wheel. And that's because it, it comes from racing, man, that if I lose focus for a second, I clip a rock with my right side. I've got two flats. Now we got to get out and our race day is over. That's a huge investment for us to get out and do these races and be a part of these things. So for me to ruin our race for one second of losing focus or letting my mind wander, it's not even an option for me. The same translates into me getting into a vehicle. It's not even an option for me to endanger anyone else around me by playing on my phone, by I drop something down between the never land of your console and your seat and you're digging down in there trying to find it. I don't even consider that. There's a time and place for things. When you're driving down the road, that's not the time and place to be on a phone playing, to be texting and driving, to be searching your floorboards. Because you take that focus off for one second, it could be dire consequences for the people around you. So there's a lot of people who I think we're all guilty of some sort of distraction while we're driving and you know tons of people one of your media guys uh, was saying that you know he would drive a farm truck around he could see into every single car and you know the vast majority of people were on their phone on the highway so 
what would you say to, because a lot of people don't know what you just said. They don't know the concept. They just don't, they can't comprehend the consequences because they haven't had something happen to them where their distraction has resulted in damage to either them or someone else. So what would you say to those people who haven't really learned that lesson? It, it's very hard for people to relate to the experience of focus and driving that I have, especially when they're just going back and forth commuting to work. But what I was taught at an early age was about perspective. My perspective comes from being in a race car and the importance of staying focused at all times. But the perspective that I wanna instill in people out on the road just on their normal commute is put yourself in the position of someone that's lost something because of someone else losing focus. So if, if your family member was changing a tire on the side of the road and a person lost focus because they were playing on their phone for 10 seconds, five seconds, and they were to, to run over your, your family member. Or if you're in the car with your child and you get in a head-on collision because somebody else was texting and driving, the perspective of what if I was in the recipient end of this? What if I was the one that lost someone because of someone else's focus? Perspective is so important to me of consider it from someone else's side. And then that makes you for one second think, maybe this is not that important. Maybe this could wait just a minute because if somebody else was texting and hurt me or hurt a family member or hurt my child, then it would be important to me. So it should be just as important to you to consider all of those people around you of if I hurt somebody because I was texting because I just couldn't wait a minute to pick the next song or to go to the next playlist or send that text message. That perspective of what would it mean to me if I lost somebody because somebody texted and driving, that's when it should become important to you, is if you consider it from somebody else's perspective. Treat others like you want to be treated, and it's the same in this scenario. Consider if it was done to you, how would you feel about it? That was beautifully said, Dustin. Um, I think you're absolutely right. It's just a matter of thinking about people outside of yourself. And I think that's something that the, the cell phone has kind of taught us to do the opposite of. Yeah. You know, we're, we're it's, you know, looking at social media, everything kind of becomes about you and your life, who you're following, who's liking your photos, who you got an email from, who's texting you. And what you, you know? like. If you find a video that you don't think's funny, you can swipe past it. Right. On Tinder, you think somebody, you find somebody that you don't think's attractive, swipe past it. So you have no consideration of anybody else because you can so easily swipe up or swipe sideways so you lose that consideration of the people around you, you know? Yeah. And it's like we talked earlier of like, what this phone offers you is not the same as a real life experience. So you might, while you can swipe past those videos that you don't think are funny, you can swipe on Tinder on who you don't think's hot, you still need to have that personal consideration and perspective of the people around you and how would they feel or how would I feel if I was treated this way? Yeah, love it, that's awesome. Um, so just to kind of wrap up here, Dustin, I wanna hear, you have one more race coming up this week, yep. later or next week. Yes. Um, tell me about that, how the season went. Uh, you were telling me it's, it's been a pretty successful one, so just wrap, wrap up the season, and then what are you looking forward to for next season? Got it. It's been a, it's been a crazy year for us in general in racing. We won our, our third Mint 400. We've won the Mint 400 back-to-back -back two years in a row, which are two feats that no UTV racer has ever done. And so for us, this season has been a historic race season. We've had a great year, 
for our series in Best in the Desert. We're currently second in the points for the championship with potential to win the championship just a week from now. The last race is coming up, and so it's our opportunity to lay everything out on the line and potentially win that championship. So regardless of what happens, it's been an amazing year for us. We've been so fortunate here at S3 Power Sports with S3 Racing, with every aspect is S3. And so it's exciting to see what the future has to hold. And, and that bar keeps moving, you know, people set goals and they set targets. And once you hit that, that bar has got to move. But for me, it's a bar that I'm always chasing. It's a target that's always moving. I never get there. I take a minute to enjoy the little accomplishments, winning the Mint 400, second for the championship right now. Like you have to appreciate those small moments and enjoy those things or they'll pass you right by. But also that target's got to continually grow. That goal has got to continually grow. The impressions that you make on people, the, the example that you set, the things that you accomplish, that thing's got to move. And hard work is the only way to get there. So I don't know what next year has to hold. We're going to next year to try to make sure we win a championship. But right now I can tell you nobody's going to outwork us. Nobody's going to out, out drive us. Nobody's going to uh, put in more effort than we're willing to put in here at S3. So going into next week, you feeling confident? I am feeling confident. Competent? I'm feeling well, you're competent. not competent. You're definitely competent. I'm not feeling competent. But <laughs> going into next week, I do feel confident. You know, we start third, fourth off the line. Um, good starting position for the race. And, uh, and we know we've got the speed, man. Just racing such a weird thing of like everything's got to fall right into place. We've had these amazing races, flawless races, and hand out an absolute beatdown. But we've also had good races where fluke things happen and we give it away. Going into this race, the car's prepped. Physically, we've been preparing for this race. The pit crew is dialed in. Everybody knows what to do. So you try to set everything in place to set you up for the most success. But there's always variables. You can always lose focus for one second, make a, make a mistake. But all you can do is set yourself in a spot to do the best that you can, and that's where we're at right now. Well, good luck next week. I hope it goes well and you get that first place. Thank you very much, man. Hopefully we pull it off this year. All right, so there you have it. That is Dustin Jones. What a guy. He is very tall. That was my first impression of him, you know, because I did all of this research on these people with their social media accounts before meeting them, and you don't really get, in most cases, a, a sense of scale with someone. You don't know how tall or how short they are, and Dustin is tall. Uh... It was, yeah, <laughs> I don't usually remember how tall or how short someone is, but uh, I think because I just had no idea and none of the people that I had met previously were uh, unusually or noteworthy in their height, uh, I didn't remember it, but Dustin definitely was. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and the tangent on height. It does not matter how tall you are. What does matter is that you consider turning driving focus on on your phone while you're in the car. It's a feature that a lot of us don't know about and don't use, and it's such an easy way to avoid distractions in the car and to prevent the unnecessary loss of life from distraction while behind the wheel. So check out eyesupride.com resources to learn more about how to do that. Subscribe to Eyes Up Life. Lots of homework to do here, people. 
leave a review, follow Eyes Up Ride on Instagram, and make sure you check out the video with Dustin. You can't tell how tall he is in the video, but the video is super enjoyable, at least in my opinion. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. And as always, who's going to be next? Who is kicking us off with July? We have Lawrence, a.k.a. Lou, Lewis, who I met in his garage in sunny California, and we had a great chat. Lou has a really unique, he's a unique person in this series. He's not an athlete. He's sort of in the media world. Actually, he's definitely in the media world, but he's not a broadcaster in that way. Anyways, you'll hear more when I talk to Lou And when you listen to our conversation in two weeks, stay tuned. In the meantime, stay safe. Have a great couple weeks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.